everyone. So today we are going to be moving on to chapter two. But first, let me just say, if you're waiting for another episode, I'll be putting out episodes every Tuesday and Friday. So let's move on to chapter two. But before we move on to chapter two, let's have a quick debrief of chapter one. In chapter one, there was a boy named Reynard Muldoon and his tutor, Miss Paramount. Reynard finds a, um ad in the newspaper about tests for gifted children. He takes the tests and passes them all. So, in the end, he gets to move on to the third phase of the test, in which chapter two begins. Buckets and spectacles. Rini, alone in the room now, was trying to make sense of what had happened. Why hadn't Rhonda Kazem's name been called? Was it because she cheated? Did she have the wrong answers after all? And where did she get those answers in the first place? It was all very mysterious, and not in the least intriguing was Rana's behavior when she did was dismissed, along with the others. Well, best of luck, kid, she chirped, playfully, playfully musing his hair and scudding from the room in her cloud dress, apparently not the slightest bit confused or disappointed that she hadn't passed. Rini's musings were interrupted by the pencil woman poking her head through the doorway. We've finally gotten rid of the other children, Renard. Had to give them consolation donuts and hugs and whatnot. Only a few more minutes now to wait. She was withdrawing again when Rini called after her. Excuse me, miss, uh, miss? I'm sorry, you never tell me your name. That's fine, Reynard, she said, stepping to the room. You have nothing to be sorry for. Rini waited for her to give her name. Instead, she simply wiped donut crumbs from her lips and said, You had a question? Oh, yes, may I please telephone Miss Parmel, my tutor? She has no idea where I am. I'm afraid she'll be worried. Very good of you, Reynard, but don't worry. We've already called Miss Parmel, so all is taken care of. The pencil woman once again began to retreat. Miss, excuse me, miss. She stopped. Yes, what is it now, Reynard? Forgive me for asking this, miss, but I wouldn't ask if it weren't important. But, well, you wouldn't happen to be lying to me, would you? Lying to you? I'm sorry to ask it, but, you know, you did tell Miss Paramal this morning that I could use your phone, and then later you told me there was no phone. So you see why I'm concerned. It's just that I don't want Miss Paramal to worry. The pencil woman seemed unprotected unperturbed. That's a perfectly reasonable question, Reynard. A perfectly reasonable question. She gave him a approving nod and made us to leave. But miss, you didn't answer my question. The woman scratched her head and Rini began to suspect that she was either a little daft or a little deaf. After a moment, however, she said, I suppose you want the truth? Yes, please. The truth is I haven't called Miss Burrell, but I will do so immediately. In fact, I was about to call her when you asked me if I'd call her yet. Does this satisfy you? Rini hardly knew what to say. He didn't wish to offend the woman, but he could hardly trust her now. And it was more important to know that Miss Paramel's mind was at ease. I'm sorry, Miss, but may I please just call her myself? It'll only take a minute. The pencil woman smiled. When she spoke this time, her voice was gentle, and she looked into Rini's eyes. You are very good to be concerned about Miss Paramel. What would you say if I told you that I have in fact called her already? No, don't answer that. You won't believe me. How about this? I'll relay her message to you. Do you see now that you didn't need luck? I'm glad you wore matching socks. That is what you told me to tell you. Are you satisfied? Before Rini could make up his mind how to answer, she slipped out of the room, leaving him to puzzle over her mysterious, myst mystifying behavior. The message from Miss Paramel was obviously real, so why hadn't she told him this in the first place? As he pondered this, he heard footsteps in the hall, followed by a timid knock at the half-open door. A young boy's face appeared in the doorway. Hello, said the boy, adjusting his spectacles. Is this where I'm supposed to wait? He spoke so softly that Rainy had strained to hear him. 
I have no idea. It's where I'm supposed to wait, so, though. So maybe it is. You're welcome to join me if you like. I'm Rini Muldoon. Oh, the boy said uncertain. Certainly. My name is Sticky Washington. I'm just wondering if this is the right place. The yellow lady told me to come down the hall and sit with someone called Reynard. That's me, Reenie said. People call me Reenie for short. He put out his hand, and after a moment's hesitation, Sticky Washington came and shook it. Sticky was a notably skinny boy, which Reenie suspected that was how he got his nickname. He was thin as a stick. And light brown skin, the very color of the tea that Miss Pearl made each morning. He had big eyes, nervous like a horse's, and for some reason, a perfectly smooth bald head. His tiny whim... Tiny wire-rimmed spectacles gave him the distinguished look of a scholar. A very fidgety scholar, though. He seemed quite shy, or at the very least, anxious. Well, why shouldn't he be anxious if he'd been through what Rini had been through today? Are you here for the third test? Rini asked. Sticky nodded. I've been waiting all day. I had to be here in, since 9 o'clock this morning, and the test was over at 10. Since then, I've just been sitting around in an empty room. Lucky I had a pair with me, or I would have might have starved. I think all the other children got donuts. Why didn't we get donuts? I wondered the same thing. Were you the only one who passed them? The first test, no. A little girl passed it too, but I haven't seen her since yesterday. Maybe they told her to come up here at a different time. They've all had tests here. They've had tests here all day. Was there an extremely small girl in your group about half our size? <laughs> Rini shook his head. He would have remembered anyone so tiny. Maybe she's coming later. Anyway, as for the second test, yes, I was the only one who passed, which surprised me because Rini stopped himself with a glance at the doorway. He opened his mouth as to continue, thought better of it, and then at last pretended to notice something on the ceiling as if a secret. Rini had a sudden suspicion of what it was. Because there was a girl who cheated? Sticky's eyes widened. How did you know? Because the same thing happened to me. I think it's a trick of some kind. Tell me, th this girl didn't happen to drop her pencil on the way into the building, did she? Out on the plaza? Yes! I couldn't believe anybody would take such a chance. We were only allowed to bring one pencil, you know. What did you do? I tried to help her. A few other kids said they were sorry and didn't want to be late, and one boy even laughed. I felt awfully sorry for her, so I had to hold her. I had to. I had her hold onto my feet and lower me down through the grate. She was as strong as a bear and had no trouble doing it, and I'm so skinny I fit through white the bars. It was terrifying, though, and I don't mind admitting it. Hanging upside down, scrabbling around in the dark was terrifying. I think even something nibbled at my finger, but you can uh, maybe you imagined it. I can get a little mixed up when I'm scared. You were lucky to find her pencil. It was pitch black down in that train. I no, I didn't find it. Oh no, I didn't find it. But you know what she did? She hauled me back up through the grate and said, "Oh well, never mind. I have an extra one." And she pulled a pencil right out of her sleeve. Can you believe it? Why would you let me go down that awful drain when she had an extra pencil? I can't imagine. Then to top it off, she offered me the answers to the test to repay me for trying to help her. Apparently, they didn't do her any good, though. I'm glad I refused. Me too, said Rainey. I think the refusing was part of the test. If we had cheated, they would have known, and I doubt either one of us would have been here. From the shirt pocket, Sticky took out a thin piece of cotton cloth and polished his spectacles with it. If you're right, it's a little creepy that they're tricking us like that. He put the glasses back on and blinked his big, nervous eyes. But I shouldn't complain. They were nice to let me continue on to the third stage, even if I miss a few questions. Very generous of them. Wait a minute, he said. How could you possibly have missed any? Did you circle the wrong letters by accident? Sticky seemed embarrassed. He shuffled his feet as he spoke. Oh, well, I suppose the questions were easy for you. But for me, they were rather difficult. Time ran out before I could answer the last three, so I just had to circle some answers and hope I get lucky. But I didn't, of course. But as I said, they were very forgiving. You mean you knew the answers to those questions? 
Sticky grew more dejected with Rini's every question. Tears brimmed in his eyes as he said, Well, I suppose I do look rather stupid, don't I? I look like a person who doesn't know any answers. I understand that. Rini interrupted him. No, 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 I didn't mean that. I mean, I'm surprised anybody knew any of the answers. One or two, maybe, but certainly not all of them. Sticky brightened, smiling shyly and straightening his back. Oh, well, yes, I suppose I do know a lot of things. That's why people started calling me Sticky, because everything I read sticks to my head. It's perfectly amazing, Greeny said. You must read more than anybody I've ever met. But listen, once you figured out the, that the test was a puzzle, why didn't you just solve it that way? It would have saved time. Could have finished it. A puzzle? You didn't notice that all the test answers were right in the test? I did notice that a lot of information was repeated, Sticky reflected, but I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. I was concentrating too hard on getting the answers right. <clears throat> that question on collodial suspensions had me really sweating, I can tell you. And as I said, when I'm anxious, I tend to get mixed up. After a pause, he sighed and added, I tend to get anxious a lot. Rainy laughed, well, you didn't know it was a puzzle, and I didn't know any of the answers, but we're both here now. We'd make a good thing. You think so, said Sticky? He grinned. Yeah, I suppose we would. The boys waited there for some time, discussing the curiosities of the day. Sticky was more relaxed now, and soon the two of them grew comfortable with each other, joking and laughing like old friends. Sticky couldn't stop giggling about Rhonda's crazy getup, and Rini smiled till his face hurt. When, Rikis, when Sticky told him about hanging upside down in the storm drain, my shoes started to slip off in her hands, Sticky recounted. And for a second, I thought she was going to take them and leave me down there under the grate. I panicked and started wriggling like crazy. I think she was all she could do to pull me back up without dropping me. Then Rini told Sticky about the pencil woman's sneakiness regarding the phone call to Miss Permel. Instead of laughing, as Rini had expected, Sticky slipped back into his nervous behavior. He began polishing his spectacles again, as though he'd done it minutes, even though he'd done it minutes before. Oh, yes, he said. Yes, I tried to call my parents, too. Same thing happened. It was all fine in the end. She called them. Nothing to worry about. Rini nodded politely. He saw perfectly well that Sticky was trying to hide something. Maybe he hadn't thought of calling his parents and felt guilty about it now, but Rini decided not to press him on the matter. <clears throat> Sticky seemed uncomfortable enough as it was. So where do you live? He asked, trying to change the subject. This only made Sticky polish all the harder. Perhaps he simply disliked personal questions. Well, he began... His, he cleared his throat. <clears throat> well... Just then, the door flew wide open and a girl raced into the room carrying a bucket. She was extremely quick. One moment, she was bursting through the door, golden blonde hair flying out behind her like a horse's mane, and the next, she was standing right beside them. Sticky laughed back in alarm. What's the matter? What's the matter with you? The girl replied calmly. Well, what were you running from? From? I wasn't running from anything. I was running to this room. <clears throat> Excuse me. Old yellow suit told me to come down here and wait with you two. So here I am. My name's Kate Weatherall. Stick was breathing hard and casting glances at the door, as if a lion might fly in next, so it fell to Rini to introduce them. I'm Rini Muldoon, and this is Sticky Washington, he said, shaking her hand and immediately regretting it. Her grip was so strong it was like getting fingers caught in a drawer. Sticky noticed Rini's pained expressions and quickly thrust his own hands into his pocket. Rubbing his tender knuckles, Rini went on. I think the question is why you were running instead of walking. Why not? It's faster. And now I'm here with you boys instead of trudging along the empty hallway. And it's much better, isn't it? You seem like nice fellows. So why did they call you Sticky? He touched Sticky's arm. You don't feel Sticky. It's a long story, Sticky said, regaining his composure. Let's have it then, Kate said. So Sticky told him about his name, and then Kate revealed that she always wanted to have a nickname herself. I've always tried to get people to call me the great Kate Weather Machine. She said, but nobody ever goes along with it. I don't suppose you boys would call me that, would you? 
It seems a bit awkward for a name, Rini said mildly. It does take a long time to say. I suppose it does, Kate admitted, but not if you speak very quickly. Let us think about it, said Sticky. Uh, Kate nodded, agreeing. She seemed pleasant enough. She had very bright, bright, watery blue eyes, a fair complexion, and rosy cheeks, and she was unusually tall and broad-shouldered from a 12-year-old. She announced her age right away, for children considered their ages as every bit important as their names. In return, she learned that the boys were 11. But what Rini was most curious about was her bucket. It was a good, solid metal bucket painted fire engine red. As they were talking, Kate unfastened his belt, slipped it through the bucket handle, and fastened the belt again into the bucket hanging from her hip. From the way she did this, it was obvious she'd done it like a thousand times. Rini was fascinated. Finally, he asked her what it was for. She gave him a quizzical look. What kind of person doesn't know what a bucket's for? It's for carrying things, silly. Yes, I know that, Serene said, but why do you have one with you? Most people don't carry buckets around for no particular reason. That's true, Kate reflected. I've often noticed that, but I can't understand why. I can't imagine not having a bucket. How else am I supposed to tote my things? What things, said Sticky, who, like Rini, was trying to sneak a peek at the bucket's contents. I'll show you, Kate said, and began removing things from the bucket. First came a Swiss Army knife, a flashlight, a pen light, a bottle of extra strength glue, which Kate examined to be sure that the light was tightly closed. Then she produced a bag of marbles, a slingshot, a spool of clear, clear fishing twine, one pencil, one eraser, a kaleidoscope, a horseshoe magic magnet, which she yanked with some effort from the metal bucket. I've been through dozens of these, she said, holding up the magnet for them to admire. This is the strongest I've found. Finally, she showed them a length of slender nylon rope coiled around the bottom and sides of the bucket. That's a lot of stuff to carry, Sticky remarked. It's useful. Kate said, putting her things away. Take this morning, for some example. Some crazy-looking girl. Dropped her pencil down a storm dream out of the plaza. Rini and Sticky looked at each other. And if I didn't have my bucket with me, Kate continued, she'd been up a creek without a paddle. A thoughtful expression came over her face. Hmm. A paddle would be great to have, but no, it'd be too big to, big to haul around. Still, it would come in handy sometimes. Did you help Rini get her, Rhonda get her pencil back? Rini asked. Of course I did. I just... Now, wait a minute. How did you know her name? Finish your story. We'll tell you later. So Kate told them how she pried up the edge of the metal gate with a screwdriver on a Swiss Army knife. After dragging the grate aside, she tied her rope to a nearby fence and lowered herself into the drain, using her flashlight to find the pencil in the darkness. It had rolled down a crack, about ten and a half inches deep, so I put a drop of glue on the end of some fishing twine. That's why it pays to have a pen light, too, so you can hold it in your mouth and point it whenever you, whenever you need both hands for putting something like glue on twine. Anyway, I poked the twine down into the crack until it reached the pencil, gave the glue a few seconds to dry, then pulled it right out. And I couldn't have done any of that without my bucket, now could I? Weren't you afraid? Sticky asked. He had been terrified himself and didn't want to be the only one. Of what? Getting wet? It was perfectly dry then down there. We haven't had rain for days. Something about Kate's story caught Rini's attention. How did you know the crack was ten and a half inches deep? I don't see a tape measure in your bucket, he said. Oh, I can always just tell distances and weights and that sort of thing. With a shrug, for example, I can, just by looking at it, I can tell this room is 22 feet long and 16 feet wide. Sticky, irritated that Kate hasn't been frightened in the dark drain, was inclined to be skeptical. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Let's measure, fetching the ruler from the pencil woman's desk. The room was 22 feet long and 16 feet wide. Impressed, Rini whistled and Sticky said, not bad. Okay, back to your story, Rini said. Did Rana offer to help you cheat on the test? Kate's eyes narrowed suspiciously. You seem to know a lot about it. Were you spying on me somewhere? If you were, then I guess I know. you know I called her a loon. We weren't spying, but that's what we figured. 
So I take it you solved the puzzle, unless, of course, you knew all the answers. Who in the world could possibly know answers to a test like that? Kate is asked. Sticky Dead said, Rainy, now it was Kate's turn to be impressed. Not bad, she said, and Sticky ducked his head slyly. Now what's this about a puzzle? Once again, Rainy and Sticky looked at each other. But if you didn't know about that, how did you pass? I didn't pass. No one in my session did. To tell you the truth, I think the only reason they let me stick around was because I let, helped old Yellowstein out of the spot. Of course, the boys wanted to hear what happened, and Kate was ap- happy to oblige them. After the test was open, over, old Le- Yellowsuit took us down the hall to give everybody donuts and tell the parents that she was sorry, but they had to go now. Thanks for coming, that sort of thing. Some of the parents were furious. One started shouting about how this was some kind of trick, and another started to demand to know what all these tests were about. And old Yellowsuit started glancing towards the exit. I could tell she was nervous, but a few people stood between her and the door and she was trapped. I felt sorry for her, you know because I figured she was only doing her job, whatever it is, and at least she'd given me something interesting to do today. So I decided to help her out. While the grunts were all yelling, and the other kids were making themselves sick on donuts, I whipped out my army knife screwdriver and took off the doorknob. Then I pointed and yelled, There's the man behind us. I see him all in the corner. And everybody pushed and turned to, uh, and one another to see, except old yellow suit, of course, who made a beeline for the exit. As soon as she was out, I turned off the light and closed the door. And the two of us ran off and down the hall. We had a good head start because it was dark in the room now, and they kept reaching for the doorknob and not finding it. Finally, someone turned on the lights, and I suppose they were flying like angry hornets. And I suppose they all came flying out like angry hornets. But then we were all hiding. It. Then we were hiding in a closet. After we had the last person leave, old Yell Suit smiled at me. I believe you should stay for the next stage of testing. And so here I am. Amazing, Rini said. I can't believe it. Sticky cried. You're a hero. Oh, good grief, Kate said, frowning with embarrassment. It was no big deal. Anybody could have done it. Now, now that I've told you my story, why don't you tell me yours? How did you know about Ronica Zem, and what's all this about the test being a puzzle? Before they could answer, the pencil woman broke her head into the room and said, It's time for the third test, children. Please report immediately to room 7B. Then she disappeared again. Where in the world is room 7B? Sticky said, exasperated. She'd never tell us anything. It took me half the night to find where the monk building. I'm sure we can find it easily enough, Rainy said, but probably he was thinking about cities, Sticky's words. Half the night? What was Sticky doing in the city alone at night? Where were his parents? You better fill me in quick. You know old yellow suit isn't particularly patient, Kate said. You're right, Rainy said. We'll tell you on the way. And with that, the three new friends went in search of room 7B. That is the end of chapter two. So, I'm going to ask you a few questions about chapter two. You're going to pause the video, write your answers down, and then I'll tell you the correct answers. So, why is Sticky Washington called Sticky? What is the monk building? What stage of testing did they all just pass? And finally, what did Kate want to be called as a nickname? Okay, so the answers to these questions are, Monk Building is the place where they had the first and second stage of testing. Um, Kate Weatherall have always wanted to be called the Great Kate Weather Machine. And finally... Uh, 
Yep, sorry, stop recording. <laughs> so let me ask the questions again. Um, what is Kate always wanted to be called? What is the monk building? <clears throat> how did Reenie and Sticky, how did Reenie solve the puzzle? I mean, the test. Well, I've already given you an answer. The test was a puzzle. So, Kate's always wanted to be called the Great Kate Weather Machine, and the monk building is where they took the second phase of the test. So, now I'm going to give you a small project to do for today. So, today I would like you to um, brainstorm some ideas about what the third phase of the test might be like. Write them down on a piece of paper, and then maybe if you think it's a paper test, why don't you write down the questions? If you think it's a different kind of test, write down what you think the test could be when they get to the third stage. So, um, if you would like to send me your uh, finished product of either the test from the first episode or the, the third test that you can be creating right now, please email Ella one three no, sorry Ella five dot three dot one hundred at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.